Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. So thank you for joining us for episode 26 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everyone is well and I hope you're well, Tomas. How are you? Hey, Sorsha. I am uh, a bit tired, but other than that, I am uh, very well. Yes, I'm looking forward to a new episode. Yes, me too. We've got a lot to discuss in this episode, but this is a special episode because now we we haven't mentioned this in public, but we're getting married. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a special episode because this week, as it happens, it's both of our birthdays. Yes, so, and we were not aware of that. No, we were not. <laughs> we're like we're like brothers anyway. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. So it was my birthday on Monday, of course, Monday. And yeah. it it was now I know we're recording this before, but uh it was your birthday on Thursday. So did you enjoy your birthday? <laughs> I probably did. <laughs> we're recording this on a Tuesday, but yeah, so a happy birthday, Thomas. So yeah, and happy birthday to you, sir. Sure. Thank you very much. So we've got a lot to discuss, as I mentioned. We uh, looked a few games, so I will be talking very, very briefly about Gibus after my epic interview with one of the developers, Livu Bor, last week. Um, I still have great interview. Thank you very much. Yes, no, he was a wonderful, wonderful guest. He was very, very enthusiastic, and I really love speaking to him. And very, very interesting to talk to as well. And I'll also be talking about the Little Acre, which is similar in many ways to Gibus. And then you'll also be talking about the game as well, Thomas, correct? Yes, I will be talking about a uh, game called Golden Treasure, the Great Green, which is about dragons. Cool. So, yeah, so Game of Thrones sequel, correct? Ah, <laughs> uh, you'll hear, you'll hear. <laughs> well, I look forward because I have not, I don't know anything about this game. I haven't heard anything. And I look forward to hearing more about it. So first, uh, we can go to the news of what's been happening this past week. So in news, uh, first, uh, some conferences that I want, some gaming conferences I wanted to talk about. And first, as always, Adventure X, which we are going to. Absolutely, yeah. It's getting closer. Now, the reason I'm mentioning it this week is because Adventure X have released a page on their blog which has all of the games that they will be exhibiting all on one page and you can have links to their website and also they have one word descriptions of the game so and why they were chosen to exhibit at Adventure X. So for example, just to give one example, Backbone, Adventure X say that this is an atmospheric dark adventure in an even darker town that puts you in the shoes of a raccoon detective solving crimes. A classic P.I. tale brought to life with gorgeous, moody pixel art. That's actually two sentences, so there's one or two sentences to describe <laughs> the game. So, uh, and a screenshot. And a screenshot of all the games as well. So uh, people can check those games out. Even if you're not going to Adventure X, these games, some of these games have already been released. So you can check out the, the screenshots and the websites of these games that will be exhibited at Adventure X. 
Um, next conference, there's Gamescom, which is in Cologne. This will be on from the 20th to the 24th of August. Now, this has all types of games, but there will be adventure games and adventure game developers there. One of the developers will be the developers of Brassheart. They will be and in, in the Polish section. And now I don't have a full list of adventure game developers there yet, but I will include a link to the website. So that's Gamescom again. Um, in, uh, in Cologne, and that's in Germany, for those who might not know that. <laughs> Which is the same as Netherlands, right? No, we won't go there. <laughs> and anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, PAX West will be in Seattle, and that will be from August 30 to September 2nd. That is another general games conference. But interestingly, there will be a panel discussing adventure games then and now. And they will be discussing adventure games, the older adventure games, and how they've changed, and the current adventure games as well. And do you want to know who will be on that panel, Tomas? Um, I think it's your new best friends, isn't it? Yeah, my best friends, Dave Gilbert and Francisco Gonzalez, they will be there. Uh, Ivy Dupler, <laughs> who's a voice actress in both Lamplight City and Unavowed, and in... Uh, Whispers of a Machine and many other things as well. So she's a really talented actor as well. Uh, also, mm-hmm. Laurie and Corey Cole, the developers of Quest for Glory and Hero U, will be there. And yes, but, 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 yeah, here it comes. And. Hello! Of Leisure Suit Larry. He will be on the panel. So there better be a video of this panel. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, unfortunately, neither of us will be able to go there. But if you are going to this conference, or if you're in Seattle, I'm not sure if tickets are still available, but you can I'll include links to the website. This panel will be on Monday, 2nd of September from 1 to 2 p.m. at the Hydra Theatre. So some great guests there, some really... Uh, you know, it's, it's great classic adventure game developers of before from the Sierra days of old, and who are still working today as well, and the current great adventure game developers, Dave Gilbert and Francisco Gonzalez. So, and finally, um, for Canadian listeners, you guys also have your own uh, conference. This is Wordplay by Hand Eye Society. Apparently, this has been going on for a couple of years. I only just heard about this. This will take place in the Toronto Reference Library from on Saturday, November 9th and Sunday, November 10th. Now, I would love to go to this. I'd love to go to the mall, but uh, I'm not. I don't think that I can. Um, it would be great if I could, but it would be great if two of us could go to the different conferences and report from there. But at least we will be at Adventure X. But the wordplay, it is a free festival celebrating the most interesting uses of writing and words in contemporary games. And each year there will be a curated game showcase, talks by creators about the craft, and ways for the public to learn about making games. Um, the talks and game submissions for the 2019 Wordplay Conference are still live. You can still submit your talks and game submissions if you wish. Uh, and very, very quickly, last thing I'll say about this is last year, to give you an idea, one of the talks was by the developer of Weird Water Tastes Like Wine, which is an adventure game that got some very good reviews. And some of the games that were exhibiting last year were the Crimson Diamond, which will be exhibiting at Adventure X this year, and Hypnospace Outlaw, which also got great reviews when it released this year. So that again is wordplay. So, uh, shall we talk about some adventure games? 
Yes, because uh, we found two Kickstarters mm-hmm. um, that are for adventure games. I think we have mentioned before that were hopefully coming. Um, you know a bit more about these. One is as Encodia, which is made by a team called um, Video Gyochi, if I pronounce it correctly, from Tallinn in Estonia. And the other is Hourglass um, Essen, uh, from a team from Essen in Germany. Could you tell us a bit more about these? Uh, sure, yes. Yeah. So the first game, Encodia, we spoke about this game before. I believe you spoke about it. That they also the the game look it looks a bit like uh, it's maybe something done by Studio Ghibli. So yeah. So what the developers have said is the sweetness and creativity of Studio Ghibli, the setting and atmosphere of Blade Runner, and the humor and game style of Monkey Island. These are the ingredients that inspire Encodia, a point-and-click adventure game set in a dystopian future. Neo Berlin, 2062. Cyberspace has supplanted human connection. A little girl and her robot are on a mission that could change the world they live in. Ready to join them on a wonderful adventure? A classic point-and-click adventure tackling the themes of tomorrow. Incredible art, music and sound design. Guest star voice actors for an immersive storyline. Talk with dozens of characters and solve hundreds of puzzles. Lead Tina and Sam through a journey to discover the essence of human nature. Join the journey to Encodia. So this is on Kickstarter right now, and it—they're uh, looking for twenty-seven thousand five hundred euros. There is still a few weeks ago. It's more than a month ago, so. Uh, at the time of recording, they have nearly three thousand euros, so uh, hopefully they can they can make it. And you can find a yeah. trailer for this game. You can download a demo, and you can find all of the details. So you can find out more of the story and the features. So some of the features they include are six plus hours of gameplay, two playable characters, thirty plus non player characters and 50 plus locations and developers say over 5,000 lines of dialogue and so there also have professional voice actors and original soundtrack so you can find all of the information as well as the rewards for pledging on Kickstarter as well so that is Encodia E-N-C-O-D-Y-A I would include links to all of these games as well and the second game, which uh, you mentioned, Tomas, is Hourglass. So again, H-O-U-R-G-L-A-S-S. It's also on Kickstarter. It is a first-person environmental puzzle game set in ancient Egypt. So in this game, you discover Egyptian technology, solve challenging puzzles by manipulating time and exploring an ancient world. So this is a first-person puzzle adventure inspired by Portal, The Witness, and Reem, I believe you, or Rhyme, R-I-M-E, I don't know how you pronounce it exactly. 
But now the interesting thing about this game is you have to cooperate with yourself to solve difficult puzzles. Now, I don't know exactly how it's going to work in this game, but apparently what the developers have said, and they show this in the video, it makes more sense in the video which they have in their Kickstarter. So you have an ability which allows you to record your actions for a certain amount of time. So if you are trying to solve a puzzle, if you are moving a box or machinery, you can record this action and then time winds back to the beginning of the recorded and you see a copy of yourself repeating the action. So you can see yourself uh, do, carrying out the action, doing the action. So you have to use this feature to help you solve puzzles in this game as well. So that's one of the features in this game. As I said, all the information is on the Kickstarter page detailing the story and the gameplay and the rewards as well. And so the developers have also worked on other games as well, some big games as well, which they talk about in their video and the page. They are looking for 37,800 euros. They are well underway to achieving that. They're nearly 30,000 at the time of recording and there's still about three weeks left as well. So that game is Hourglass and the first game was Encodia. So um, I believe there's another game you wanted to mention, Tomas? Yes, because um, remember when I played Trubberbrook, that was a game that was uh, had all these handcrafted uh, sets, set pieces. Now there is a game called Paper Chura, and it has a bit of the same feel because the entire game is literally made of paper. Wow. <laughs> everything is made of paper. Tiny bugs, strange creatures, mysterious places... Everything put together with glue and countless hours of cutting. Now, I watched a bit of a trailer, and they show actually how this game is made. Um, and it, it looks amazing. It, <laughs> there's, there's nothing else. I, yeah, it looks like, um, yeah, it looks amazing. I have, you should check it out yourself. Uh, we'll put a link to the, uh, to the game website in, um, in the show notes. But uh, this is one. This one is going uh, on my um, on my wish list immediately. Yeah. No, you can add this. It is on Steam. Well, it's not available yet, but you can add it to your wish list. One of the good things is that apparently the developer uh, who is the developer is Peterns, and it's made by one person as well. It's made by Thomas Ostafin. And good name. So yes, and the music is by Floex, which is Thomas Vorak, and apparently he is famous, been reliably informed, and apparently he is nearly finished. Uh, he expects to release this game sometime in 2019, and now it's already got good reviews from people who have played it and from publications. So NivelOculto.com has said that this is Neverhood meets Machinarium. So. If that doesn't sell you, I don't think anything will. So, uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun said it's one of the prettiest handcrafted games I've played. And Killscreen.com says Papatura offers a delightful world of animated paper. So, if you like the Neverhood, if you like Machinarium, if you like Summer Oster, uh, any games like this, or Truberbrook, then this would be a game to check out. So, that's Papatura, P-A-P-E-T-U-R-A, and I will indeed include uh, links to it. Now, we have found two visual novels that were looked very interesting. One is called Elijah. The other is called Exogenesis, Perils of Rebirth. Uh, Sorsha, what can you tell us about these? 
So, uh, thank you, Thomas. Eliza is a visual novel. It's about an AI counseling program, the people who develop it and the people who use it. My name is Eliza. I'm a digital counselor. It'll revolutionize the entire field of mental health. There's a quality to Eliza that makes it superior to all the other attempts to do something similar. People who want to criticize us call it dystopian or whatever, but it's like any technology. It's a tool. It just suddenly came over me the way, you know, the way things are going in this world. These people around me think they can tell me how to act, what I'm supposed to do, and I'm like, yo, don't you know you have your own shit to deal with? Why, why do you have to pick on me all the time? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Who exist? Why? Like, I, I shouldn't even have come. This is, this is making me worse. You might be overestimating how well Eliza works. No intervention is perfect, but we have to try, don't we? Thank you for speaking with Eliza, your personal counseling partner. Goodbye. So in this game, you follow Evelyn Ishino Aubrey as she reconnects with people from her past, gets to know the people of Seattle who use Eliza for counseling, and she decides a course of her future. So uh, this is uh, a thought-provoking story told in the form of a visual novel, and you follow Evelyn's journey through a present-day Seattle, 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 brought to life with beautiful hand-painted art. Uh, there's an original score by the composer for Infinifactory, Shenzhen Io, Opus Magnum, and Exapunks. And then it uh, will ask some kind of interesting questions. So is AI-driven counseling better than nothing? Is it worse than nothing? What responsibilities come with technical skills? And you need to consider your own answers to these questions and more. So it could be a direction we may be heading in our own future. And so this is by Zachtronics, and it is out now on Steam, GOG, and Humble, and you can also discuss the game on Reddit. And the second game you mentioned, Thomas, is indeed Exogenesis Perils of Rebirths, which is available for Steam Early Access. So this is an epic adventure game, visual novel hybrid, which combines a point-and-click gameplay of adventure games with a heavy focus on storytelling found in visual novels. The developer said it is a full-length adventure game, which is several novels long, and you have 100 animated characters that move and talk, and you make moral choices, plus many other features, so you can check this game out on its official website and on Steam, so that's Exogenesis Perils of Rebirth. So, yeah, it looks really great. Yeah, so I uh, might look look into that myself. So I believe you have uh, another game which released a trailer. Yes, uh, there was a teaser trailer release for Justin Wack and the Big Time Hack. Justin works as an IT support technician. He doesn't really like his work and is still madly in love with his ex-girlfriend Julia. Today, following some microwave space-time tomfoolery, Justin is about to switch places with someone from the past.
Justin Wack and the Big Time Hack. A story about time traveling, love, and scary looking robots. And when I say the title, it, it, I must think of Zach McCracken and the Alien Mind. <laughs> I don't know why, but that uh, well, that triggered something. Well, well you, got, uh, you got the name right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this case, um, this game, we mentioned it before. It's about a, a guy who, through a portal, travels back to the Stone Age. And somehow uh, a caveman travels through that same portal back to the future. Um, um, hilarity ensues because this, is, this looks very comical, a very uh, cartoony. And, uh, it looks very cool to be actually. actually. And, um, well, it's a teaser trailer, one and a half minutes long. Check it out. Uh, the Kickstarter, um, I don't think the Kickstarter is out yet. But if it is, we'll probably uh, talk about it the next time. Um, um, yeah, uh, have a look at it. and. Uh, keep an eye on it yeah no i actually played a demo a few weeks ago which i mentioned a couple of episodes back and the kickstarter will be uh sometime in the next couple of weeks i believe it's from warm kitten and the demo will be released uh publicly soon as well now we will mention it again because it's a really cool game and I also have an interview with the developer Warm Kitten, who's actually called Pontus Wintermark. But a really cool interview as well. So again, people can check out the trailer. So it's uh, Justin Wack and the Big Time Hack, and it will be available on Steam uh, so far sometime in 2020. And now finally, before we get to the reviews, uh, Room 208. So that's not the room that me and Tomas will be in in London. That is a nope. <laughs> that is a new adventure game. It is from uh, Deceptive Games Limited. And now they have made the Initiate Games and Silent Descent. But this game, Room 208, you play as Victor Rockford, a spiritual medium, and he has been asked to use his otherworldly abilities to stop the evil that resides inside Room 208 of the Great Leaf Hotel. And does he have what it takes to put a stop to evil, or will the evil claim yet another victim? Yeah, so, but this is not just any kind of evil. This is capital E, capital V, capital <laughs> I, capital L evil. So it's evil. It's very evil. Well, where do I start? This hotel is over 100 years old. Many people have come here to stay. As you can imagine, over the years, many tales have been told about this place. That's what I used to think they were. Tales. But lately, well, the thing is, it's gotten worse. A lot worse. I got a bad feeling about this. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Is anyone there?
So again, this game is out on Steam now. And That's I, pretty scary, to be honest. <laughs> yes, indeed it does. And now again, you can find out more about the story and the features in this game as well. So they say that they, uh, they combine kind of a horror game with a puzzle game as well. So it looks, looks interesting. It does look scary. So if you do like those type of games, I recommend that people check it out. So that's Room 208. Now, before we get to the reviews, I wanted to read out an email I got from a listener of the podcast, from a guy called Steve, and he wrote a review of one of his favorite games of recent times. So Steve says, I have recently played what I would call the best adventure game I have ever played, and it got very little feedback I heard of, even though it sold about 2 million plus copies, namely Detroit Become Human. It is in essence a choose-your-own-adventure game, and it has apparently 40-plus different endings. You can also see what other people across the world chose as well. I have honestly never felt so attached to a game, making mainly almost ethical decisions under time pressure, and seeing how it folds out, a fascinating and great surprising game. Uh, maybe you've come across it before, maybe not. But I promise you, if you haven't, even though it is a mainstream blockbuster game, it is still one of the most engrossing and involving stories and games I have ever played. And I think, and I'm almost 100% certain, that you would enjoy it too. Now he goes on to say that it ran a small risk as well, but has so many interactive features you are fully drawn in. The fact that the graphics are so amazing as well help a lot to make it near real life. And even the main screen talks to you, and at times appears sentient. It is a super fun game, and he said it was free for July's PlayStation Network game. Now if anybody else wants to give a review of a game or give any feedback or get in touch... Feel free to do so. You can do so from the Contact Me page on the Adventure Games Podcast website. And you can also get in touch through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, on to the reviews. And, okay, so I believe that's it for news. So now let's head on to reviews. Sorsha, uh before we go to our actual reviews, we have a bit of a preview because you are currently playing a Gibbous, a Cthulhu adventure, and it has all your favorite aspects. It has crazy cultists, it has Cthulhu, it has a talking cat, and it is a point-and-click adventure. So uh, how long have you been playing now, and uh, what is your first impression? Uh, I have played this game about six hours, and as you mentioned, it has all of my favorite elements, so crazy cultists or best friends, as I call them, are talking cats. And yeah, they can pretty much talk, I think, in real life anyway. But uh, yeah, I've played about six hours. And so far, I'm really enjoying it. Now, I will talk in more detail about the plots and about the game itself more in the next episode when I will hopefully finish it. But I have played six hours and it is a cartoon style point and click adventure game. Now, it's, it does involve Cthulhu. Now, this is a game that is to be savoured because you could theoretically, I believe, rush through it and finish this game in a few hours. I believe I haven't done it yet. But there are so many interesting things about it that are extra that I believe that people should take their time going around. To give one example, uh, yesterday 
I spent one hour and you just go through files of different characters. So the detective Don archetype, see what they did there? <laughs> and he looks like he's come from a Philip Marlowe novel or Sam Spade novel. And he, in the section that I played yesterday, you can go through files of different characters, different people. I believe they may be uh, people who pledge on Kickstarter. And it was really, really nice, really funny. I spent an hour doing that. You don't have to, but I did. And then you can also click on a lot of things. It's very interactive. And now it's also important to click examine several times. Uh, not just because it's pretty cool and you find out more about the world and the characters, but because you get hints and you can solve puzzles that way. But again, you can go through this game more quickly. Now, first thing that you probably notice if you look at screenshots or videos of the game is that the graphics are amazing. They are absolutely beautiful. They are really, really gorgeous. Now, if you heard my interview with Liv Ubor last week, you will you'll have heard that he and his team are originally animators and they started working on this game. And you can tell in this game that uh, because the animations are really, really cool in this game, the backgrounds, the characters. And yeah, so far I'm really enjoying it. And I really hope it sticks to landing. I'm still really interesting. I really like to, really interested in the game. I really like the characters. And yeah, it's, it is, it's a humorous game, but well, first of all, people have been comparing this to the Curse of Monkey Island. And I think so far I can see why, at least graphics-wise, it is just as nice as The Curse of M Monkey Island. I think Bill Taylor would be very proud. And now it is humorous. There is humor. Now, so far with the humor, it's I haven't exactly laughed out loud, but I have smiled. And it, it is a charming game. Now, but the story is kind of serious. So again, as Livu mentioned last week, that there are humorous elements. And of course, that the game knows... It is silly, you know, it's talking cat, but then it, it is serious, you know, to cultists and that as well. And, um, but yeah, so far I'm really enjoying it and I will give a full review, hopefully in two weeks in the next review episode. And, um, and yeah, so that's Gibus at Hutulu Adventure, as Livu showed me. It's not Sutulu, as I've been calling it all my life. But really? <laughs> well, Lovecraft said that we, we know, nobody really knows how to pronounce it. So, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I was schooled by Livu, <laughs> uh, <laughs> last week's episode. So it's Gibus yeah. at Hutulu can... <laughs> Adventure. Cthulhu, yeah, yeah. I can really recommend listening to that interview because, the guy uh, has a lot to say. It's really interesting. Well, all our guests are interesting, of course. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I can highly recommend listening to this interview and then probably playing the game because I want to play this game as well. But I have other things to play at the moment. So I will be playing it a bit later. Hopefully, I will play this before you have played Heaven's Gate. <laughs> Heaven's Fault, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to playing Heaven's Fault. Like you, I really want to play that game, but there are other games that I'm st I'm still in the middle of playing some games, but I stopped playing those to play Gibbous because I've been yeah. really looking forward to this as well. Well, Gibbous, uh, a Cthulhu adventure does sound really cool, and I'm really looking forward to playing it myself. Uh, but one thing that Gibbous does not have is dragons. Dragons? Yeah. So, so this Dragons. is, uh, as I mentioned, a Game of Thrones prequel or sequel. Do no, it? not exactly. Although uh, uh, there is a dragon in here. There are multiple dragons in here. In fact, you are one of these dragons. 
And this is not a traditional point-and-click adventure like uh, like Gibbs or Monkey Island or, or one of those games. Uh, it, it is very uh, story-driven, but there are some action moments in it, uh, turn-based action moments. I will explain that later. Um, first of all, this game looks really, really pretty. It's all hand-painted hand painted graphics, and there's not really animation. It's more like uh, different uh, piles of a... It's like, more like you uh, in a comic book, uh, but it looks absolutely beautiful. And you start the game as a hatchling. And um, this world is... This is a pure fantasy world. And uh, the elements are very important. So uh, everything has something of the elements. And dragons are, of course, the most magnificent thing. And um, they have all elements in them. But some elements are probably stronger than others. So you have fire, earth, water, and air. Fire is your attacking power, your breath. Um, uh, it's, it's your pure power. Earth is your is your health. It's how much damage you can take, how healthy you are. Um, air is... Intelligence, air is how smart you are, how quick you can think, and water is your dexterity, your fluidity, how uh, fast you are, how good you can fly, how good you can um, dodge attacks, uh, stuff like that. Uh, this all um, goes up in levels, and the, the more things you do, the more things you discover, the more fights you win or, or lose, because losing uh, things or doing things not correctly also gives you uh, insights and, and experience, um, adds to those uh, to those elements. And if they go up, if, if your bowl of a certain element is filled, that element goes to the next level and that opens more possibilities, especially in combat, and makes certain things easier. Now, the game begins, it's, it's, uh, it's several chapters, and every chapter is a part of the life of this dragon. And you begin as a hatchling, that's chapter one. Uh, it also serves a bit as the tutorial to get to know everything. So it's it's a very poetic game. You have to do a lot of reading. If you don't like that, this is probably not the game for you, although I can still recommend trying it. Um, and by answering questions, you already start creating your character. There's a bit of a role-playing element here in as well. So, for instance, um, it starts with you, and it says, hey... Um, these warm walls around you uh, become suffocating. So what do you do? And then you can choose, uh, I um, I roar and I break free, or you can choose, well, no, I actually like it here and I'm going to stay a bit longer. Now, should you choose the first one, then you gain fire. Uh, it's, it's actually when you break out of your egg, and then you gain some fire experience. If you choose the other one, you gain some uh, water experience, I think. So that's a bit how it works. Uh, choices influence how your character, how your character, how your dragon grows, um, and you need all that stuff because in the beginning you're still a very tiny hatchling. You're about uh, the size of a dog. So when you go out in the world and you find and you do your first discoveries and you find uh, your first lair, uh, you have to survive and you survive by eating other um, beasts that you come across. Um, from squirrels to pigs uh, to tailless people, uh, which are humans. Uh, they are the big enemy. And you have to collect treasure. So um, you have to um, participate in the cycle of life. So you destroy creatures that feed you and that put you uh, uh, back into nature. And you have to collect treasure because that's where, where a dragon gets his 
um, his ego, his, his self-worth from. And you can collect some pretty awesome treasures. And um, the beginning was quite hard. The first time I tried it, I died. Uh, you have several lives, actually. Uh, the first, if you, uh, you have three lives in the game. If, the, if you lose the first two, it was like, oh, it was just a dream. It was a nightmare. You die, but you're not really. You, you can try again. And the day that you were on starts over. Because every day, you have to choose what you go do that day. So either you this, um, um, investigate a part of your land. You, invest, you can investigate a specific thing, like uh, an area, a specific area, or you can go hunting. This, this chapter is all time-based. So every uh, turn is a day and the first for instance the first uh, chapter i think is 10 turns later chapters are way longer uh but this you have 10 turns to investigate to uh, gather your first treasure and eventually escape to to a different area uh, so the humans don't fight and kill you uh now should you die there is part of your experience that moves that that you take with you so if you complete a chapter you don't have to start uh, at the beginning of the game. So um, if you complete chapter one and you die in chapter two, you can start at the beginning of chapter two. If you die in chapter three, you can also start over or you can start at chapter two and you just get some experience points to level up your uh, elemental um, experience. But uh, for the rest, um, that is how you uh, how your character grows. There is, there are several things happening here. There is a lot to discover. There is, a, there, there are some weird things, and everything is seen and experienced from the viewpoint of the dragon. So a squirrel is not a squirrel, but a squirrel is a um, a small tail beast, and a human is not a human. A human is a tailless because humans don't have tails, and they wear uh, they wear uh, uh, beast skins, and um, it's it's re really a a very poetic way of describing um, the way a dragon uh, sees this world. And uh, he also encounters some very weird things that he can't really place. And he there's, there was one thing that was I was investigating, and I basically went on an acid trip. That was really cool, especially the visuals. And eventually, you uh, go from hatchling to young adult to adult to elder. And um, the choices you make along the way influence uh, the, the, your path and your standing amongst the, your kin um, and will probably influ influence um, the choice you made at the very end. There are several, there are at least three choices you can make at the very end. Um, so I have only, I've only made one of the three choices, which fit me very well. And um, which also leads to being able to replay the game more often, because a lot of the experience, a lot of the things you uh, you find out, you keep. So if you create a new dragon, you get to keep some of the treasure you found. You can select which ones, and you keep some of the experience, some of the uh, the things you found um, you found out, some of the descriptions. You have certain if you um, achieve certain things, you get a tarot card. And that gives you bonuses. So it really... Um, uh, I have a feeling that if I would play this a second time, my dragon would already be a bit stronger, allowing me to explore a different part that I could not explore in the beginning. For instance, there was a dungeon in the beginning where I barely made out alive, and th there were rats that kicked my ass. But 
because I have finished the game once and I have collected several treasures already and several tarot cards, I get a boost and I probably am a bit stronger. I might now be able to explore that dungeon more and find what is hidden in there. That is a feeling. I have not tried that, but that's the feeling I have. And the first time I tried it, I focused really on fire. So I was really powerful, but I couldn't take many hits. And the second time, I focused more on earth and on water. And that gave me uh, different uh, different options to uh, to explore. So um, now the, the the combat is also something I need to mention because combat is important when you hunt. You uh, you enter into combat, but you can later also challenge other dragons to uh, take charge of their territory. Now the combat is based on those elements. So the the better skilled in the elements you are, the more options you have in combat. And the goal is to try and predict what your opponent is going to do and then do the element that is most powerful against that. Uh, certain animals have a, have a, stri- have a, um, a strict way of doing things, like a squirrel will always attack water, water, earth. And if you know that, if you have find that out by, by uh, observing them and by fighting them, then you know that you can counter with earth, earth, fire. So that means that you have an advantage because you know how these creatures fight. Now, the best thing is to not have to fight them at all, which is if you are very skilled in water, which makes you very flexible and uh, camouflagey, then you can crawl up to the to the animal and strike first. And many times those that first strike will already kill the animal, and that will give you energy to continue um, to con- to continue your quest and find uh, new things. So um, it it might take a bit of uh, you have to bite through it a bit because in the in the beginning you're quite weak but at the end you you are a glorious dragon there is um, a lot of things you can take on there is a lot to discover so um yeah i can i can definitely uh, recommend playing this game even though it's not a traditional point and click adventure in in the sense that we are used to cool no sounds it sounds interesting i mean I've wanted to play as a dragon, so this might be my best chance. And now it sounds like a combination of different things. It sounds, from what you're describing, it sounds like a combination of either adventure or you know visual novel or interactive fiction and RPG kind of simulation. Uh, yeah. Would, would you say that's correct? Yeah, it's kind of like a combination of all of these things. Yeah, there's even even a roguelike element in there where you keep certain knowledge for the next uh, next. Uh, try on the game so yeah it, it they 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 take uh, a lot of elements and mix it in their own and they create a really cool mythology cool. Uh, that yeah and that makes you want to play more you know oh let, let's do one more turn and if you quit the game it saves automatically so you don't have to worry about that uh, there was one point where my computer was bugging me and it made the game crash and i was like oh no i was just winning a fight and i was i restarted the game and i was actually at the the same point where the computer crashed, I got back in, so it saved uh, saved the game nicely. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, w- I also started noticing the music more uh, in my uh, uh, like in the second and third try. The music became uh, because the music is very pretty, but it doesn't take away from what's happening on the screen. You know, it it, it really supports the text and and um, what is going on. And I o- only started really noticing. It's like a, a score for a, for a movie uh, if it's done right. Uh, you you don't notice it's there, but you miss it when it's not there. You know. Sure. You yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's kind of the best time because it's not kind of you don't really notice it. It's not bugging you. Kind of. It's not in in the way of the game. Not in the way of the story. But then when you 
not playing you kind of oh i missed missed the music yeah i know that um it's uh oh what's i going to ask um so it sounds like a combination of different things now you also mentioned a little bit about the combat that you it, it seems like it's also kind of like puzzles as well that you mentioned with the squirrel that if you know their squirrel's weakness that you can then target a squirrel or you can sneak up on the squirrel how would you say that for people who play mostly adventure games for people who maybe might not like that much combat in games how would, how do you think that they would do in this game oh they would do well okay so yeah. you think they wouldn't have it's not like the issues, combat like yeah, it's not like the combat, like you actually have to start hitting buttons or whatever. No, you, uh, you just—it's it's all turn-based and it's all relaxed. There's no timing or uh, t- timing or anything. It's just okay. Now I'm gonna do a fiery breath. Okay. And now I'm gonna do this. And oh, he's almost dead. Let's do a uh, a flowing attack so I can strike first and maybe kill him before he hits me. So um, that that's. Just a small part of the of the game, and in some cases the combat is uh, of influence on the story as well, but not in a way that um, would, yeah, hurt your pleasure in this game. As I said in the beginning, you're a small hatchling; you don't have that many uh, many life. You know, you you can you get easily hurt, so you have to be careful. But later on, you become a glorious dragon. Hunting is really not that difficult anymore because you can take on almost every animal. Uh, but yeah, when you're a young adult, you don't take on a lion. You might get killed. <laughs> I tried it. I got killed. Yeah, that was my own. That was my own fault, because I was I was stupid. I thought, oh, I've I've lots of firepower. Literally, fi- because I invested a lot in fire, and uh, that was not enough. No, he dodged my attacks and he killed me. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's I, start the chapter anew. I can imagine as a hatchling, you need a lot of fire. A lot of fire for you might be just like a puff of smoke. For yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, once I got into uh, um, the second level of fire, uh, for instance, I was hunting a snake. It was called a, that's called the tail beast because snake is basically one long tail, and um, I killed it. I killed it pretty easily, but this, this was on my third run through, um, because my fire was not that good yet. I had to eat the, the thing raw, and it was poisonous, so I got sick. Oh. Now, now later in the game, when my fire improved, I could roast it, I could eat it safely, and I got more energy from it because my fire had 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 improved, and I could use that, and my intelligence had been better as well. Because sometimes you see uh, a hidden there's a hidden option here. It says literally in the text because you have to choose uh, what you're going to do, and there's a, there's a hidden option here. And if you click that, set, it said for instance, if only you had more uh, Earth experience. So you know that if I have a character that uh, have a dragon that is more proficient in Earth, then I can make a different choice here that leads to different results. Okay. So yeah, so you can still figure out kind of what to do. And now, since you mentioned that you go hunting for other animals and the tailless animals, us humans, is it kind of graphic? You know, is it kind of bloody or can is you know would people maybe be upset? You know, if you see the eating animals or hunting animals, or is it okay in that regard? How would you describe it? Um, I don't, I don't think it's that bloody. There were no scenes in there where I'm like, I mean, there are some some um, scenes that are meant to be scary. Uh, there is one character. A character. There's one thing that you investigate, where it's it reads like a horror novel, 
but that's uh, that's totally on purpose. But it's not like it's incredibly bloody. It's it's the descriptions of everything is it's really poetic, you know, as I said okay. before. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, obviously, you don't you you shouldn't let a four year old play this, but uh, <laughs> even even younger players would, I think, uh, still find this beautiful to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah. And how long did it take you to complete the game? Um, it took me sixteen hours. Sixteen hours. That's that's a good. Yeah. Good that's amount that's include. Yeah, that's including uh, uh, dying two times. <laughs> okay, and yeah, uh, or... and yeah, and you mentioned the music as well, and the sound. You know, the, are there you know sounds like when the you mean sound effects? Yeah. So the sound effects. So for example, like when the when the dragon breathes fire, do you hear the do you hear the fire well? Like, is there good sound effects and the, yeah, there are f- some there are some sound effects in there, but it's 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 not that important, you know. It's more mm. the, the the text is more important here, right? And the vis- and the visual representation there. There there are some sound effects, but it's all there is no voice acting or anything like that. It's all you make choices and and the music the score supports that, and um, th- that's basically it. It the, the 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 music and the sound effects are good, but they are not very obvious. Well, that is Golden Treasure, the Great Green, uh, where you literally play as a dragon. And uh, I think that should interest people. So you definitely think that this would interest people who like adventure games. So I know this is kind of like an adventure game, but people would... You definitely recommend this game for people who uh, would usually play adventure games. Yes, I think they would enjoy it a lot. Okay, well, it's out on Steam, I believe. And it's from Dreaming Door Studios. So, uh, Golden Treasure, the Great Green. So, thank you, Tomas. Now, before we finish, I wanted to talk in very briefly about the Little Acre. So, this is similar in some ways to Gibbous. It's uh, so if you have finished Gibbous and want something kind of like it, or if you're waiting to play, if you want to play something shorter. So, the Little Acre is a cartoon point-and-click adventure game set in 1950s Western Ireland and is executive produced by Charles Cecil, who does develop Broken Sword. So this seems like this game was made uh, for me because <laughs> all of those things, you know, literally appeal to me. My people lived here once long ago. They had machines, kept us warm, safe. Now I am alone, and the machines not work. From Pewter Games Studios comes a handcrafted story. A tale of fantasy and heroes. An odyssey to another world. I wanna live here! Ah! Right. A story of friendship. Oh, hey, Jerry. You're a good listener, like Dougal. And of courage. In a world fraught with peril. The Little Acre, an adventure for everyone to share.
Uh, in this game, you first of all, the first scene, now I played it a couple of months ago, and the first scene you see an elderly man and a young woman, they're in a, using a fantasy world, they, they come into our world, but then something happens to the elderly man. Now, then we find, we then play as his son called Aiden, and he lives in a small house with his father, and who was the elderly man in the beginning of the game, and his young toddler daughter called Lily. Now, Aiden wakes up, and the first puzzle in the game is you have you're in so you're in the same room as your daughter, which is the attic, and you need to kind of wake up. You need to leave the room without waking her up because, as we know, when a toddler wakes up, uh, we don't have peace. So you have to find out how to do that. Once you do that, you need to find out what happened to your father. So then you have to investigate a little bit more and you find out that there is this contraption, this machine. And then you end up in this fantasy world as well. And then next you play as Lily, the toddler, as well. And then you find out that both your grandfather and your father have disappeared and but first you have to you're hungry so you have to make a bowl of porridge now and then of course after this you then have to investigate and find out what happened to your father and your grandfather now there is a whole kind of fantasy sci-fi element to this game as well that there is uh shall we say a type of monster in the fantasy world and you know you have to try and uh well make sure he doesn't reach our world so the, the thing that you'll notice about this game is, first of all, the graphics, they do look absolutely gorgeous. And like the developers of Gibus, I, I can't, I'm not entirely sure, but I do believe the developers were firstly animators or illustrators. And you can really tell because the animations in this game are absolutely beautiful. And to give one example, that scene where I mentioned where you play as Lily and you have to make porridge. Now for us, making porridge is easy, but for a toddler, it is literally life-threatening. And there is a dog, and it is done in a cartoony way, so you have to reach the different ingredients in the bowl, and you have to make a, a bowl of porridge. And each of these actions puts Lily in danger. Now, it's done comically so, and the dog has to, shall we say, save her after she does each of these actions. And then the animations are really well done from the dog and the facial expressions and everything. You look, see the look of panic on the dog's eyes. And then it's also quite funny because then after she makes a porridge with the help of the dog, and then she says to the dog, well, you're no help, are you? And, um, you know, in her own innocent way, and the dog then rolls its eyes. So the, the graphics, as I said, are beautiful. The animations are really nice. The, the voice acting... It's one of the very few games where you have a genuine Irish accent. So if you want to know what people from the west of Ireland sound like, then this is the game for you. Because take it from me, an Irishman, and I'm sure you'll agree, Thomas, if you play the game or see a trailer, you live in the west of Ireland. They do sound like genuine Irish. They're not Hollywood Irish accents. They right. are they are real Irish people. It's, it is from a real Irish studio, Pewter Game Studios. And so now the graphics are really good. Also, this is a perfect game to play with a child. You can play if you want to introduce someone to adventure games. The puzzles are very, very simple. Now, I'm not sure if a child, a young child, would be able to play this game on their own, but definitely with little some guidance from an adult, 
they should be able to make it to the game. I think they would also like the animations, like the characters, like, you know, the dog and Lily as well. And the story, now, th this game can be enjoyed by adults as well because the story gets a little bit more complex as well. And um, now the the one thing that I would say is that this game is, unfortunately, it is very short. It's uh, It took me about two hours to play. And now I have played other games for two hours, but you can tell with this game that I believe the developers wanted it to be longer, that they had a bigger story plan, but I'm guessing for budget reasons, they had to cut down a lot. And so you can tell it is very short, just when things are getting interesting, I think it's going to be this big epic game and then it ends. Now there is an ending and there is a whole end scene, so it doesn't just end and it is satisfying overall, but you do notice that it is a very short game and I, I did want more, I did want a lot more, but from what I played, I did really enjoy it. The music was also really nice, and um, uh, yeah, so, and it's fully voice, as mentioned, fully voice acted. So, yeah, the one thing that I would say that kind of holds this game back is its short length. That, you know, if it was longer, even a couple of hours longer, I think it would have been, uh, it would have been better. But that, that said, I would still recommend this game. And, you know, try it. And if you want to play with someone who's never played adventure games or you want to play with a young person with a child or whatever, get them into adventure games, I would definitely recommend this. So that game, again, is The Little Acre by Pewter Game Studios. Cool. Yeah, it so, looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, definitely. I recommend people check the trailer. And as I said, unfortunately, it, it is short and it does feel a bit short. But if you have, if you're wanting to know what to play, or if you've played Gibus and want to play something kind of similar, or want to play this before playing Gibus, I would definitely recommend it as well. Or if you want to play it with a child, uh, this will be the perfect game because there's nothing for now. There are some kind of scary scenes in it, but I would say scary. You know, I mean scary kind of for children, but nothing too bad. There's no blood or anything like that, and it is a very cute game, very very charming, and you can tell the developers. Uh, children like scary. Definitely, yes, yes, yes. So uh, that game is the Little Acre. So and yeah, it when, when you when you talk about it like that, it re really reminds me of Chalk. Yes, remember that one? Yes, I haven't played it, but I remember you speaking about it. Also with um, the uh, with the very very cool animation and the little kid uh, saving the world and or saving the world, uh, being the hero and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, also not too long. Yeah, interesting. Sure. Okay. So I believe that is it for this week again. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, well, thank you very much, Tomas, as always. Yeah, you're very welcome, uh, uh, Sersha. Thank you. And uh, we'll be having a pint this weekend in person this yes, time. Yes, this is, this is the, uh, the this coming weekend. Now, well, this will be coming out on Friday. So, uh, well, today, actually, today this episode is released. We'll be meeting each other in person for the first time. <laughs> yes. I, I really hope we get on. Wouldn't it be terrible if we find out that we didn't like each other? That would be... <laughs> yeah, you know, if it turns out that you're a Man United fan or something. Yeah, imagine that, huh? <laughs> or or that, you're, or that uh, you know, that Netherlands and Germany are not actually the same country. That would be... <laughs> that, that, right. That would... <laughs> and, uh, no, well, I'm look, looking forward to it. And I'm sure we'll be discussing many things and, you know, adventure games and including Adventure X and many things. Uh, do you know which game you are playing at the, at the moment or which game uh, you'll be playing, you'll be talking about next? Do you know yet? 
Um, well, I uh, I'm, I'm going to take a few days off to celebrate my uh, my birthday in uh, mm-hmm. Dublin with some friends. So I will not be playing. But I, I I recently finished one game, and when I come back, I will revisit Mutant Year Zero, which was one of my favorite games from last year, uh, which is a tactical story based RPG. And because they have a DLC out that I uh, got to review, so I will dive into that and talk about that. And when I'm done with that, I will hopefully finally start on Whispers of the Machine. <laughs> yeah, and it's so hard to find time to play all the games we wanted. Um, you know, that that is one of the games that I hope to play as well, Whispers of a Machine. I've also started playing that, but then other things happened and so i will hope to finish gibbous unless i was hoping to finish it for this episode but life uh got in the way and so i should hopefully finish it i am on chapter four of seven so i should be able to finish it for the next two weeks and um and yeah maybe we can do a whispers of a machine together maybe we'll be able to finish it uh at the same time (laughs) That would be uh, that would be a nice change. And we can discuss it because <laughs> we've been playing different games, which is really cool as well. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, because so... we want we want to give our audience as much exactly. uh, information about our favorite genre as possible, of course. Exactly. And well, okay. So until then, so next week, I yes, I will be joined by Charlotte Sutherland. So she is the developer of. Uh, Lord Winklebottom investigates. She recently ran a successful Kickstarter. Yes, it's it is a I believe it's a comedy game, but it, it's kind of comedy murder mystery and some hammer horror as well. It looks really really cool, and I had a really great time talking to her as well. And she ran a, a successful Kickstarter. She was at Adventure X last year, and a really really nice person as well. She's a one person studio, so we we'll be talking about her game and what to expect as well. And also check out uh, my interview last week with Livius. It was really, Livu. It was really, really cool. I really enjoyed talking to him. Okay, so until next week, then have a good weekend and have a good week, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>